0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 139 of the deaf Dad Podcast. So it's pretty common knowledge, you may or may not know, but money fights and arguments are one of the number one causes of divorce in the United States. Now today we're gonna to be sharing some ideas that have helped us personally in our relationships have better compromise and communication as it relates around money. And I gotta tell you, it's not always easy Money is a difficult subject to talk about. We're just going to be sharing some tips here on what's worked for us and uh, stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people
1: learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress free life. Now, here's your
0: host, Debt Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt Free Dad. And as always, welcome to uh, today's show. Remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. Head over to balancecents.com forward slash 139. Again, that's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S dot com forward slash 139. So, guys, it uh, might be a little unfair that the three of us are talking about compromise and communication and relationships without our spouses or partners in these shows. <laughs> I and am going to. Th- my wife's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm totally going to throw my wife under the bus a couple of times here. I I, I probably won't, but maybe I will on a couple things, but she's not here to defend herself. So I will try to be as nice as I possibly can. But uh, but today we're talking about a little bit of a tougher subject. And it's been some time. It's actually been a long time that we've talked about. Uh, I really kind of dedicated a whole episode to really communication and re- relationship about finances. We did some uh, a little over, well, but about a year year and a half now. Um, but this is a this is a tough subject for a lot of people. Money and uh, personal finance. it's it's not uncommon when we have people join us in roots or when I do coaching calls with individuals or I have people reach out to me. Uh, this is probably one of the top source subjects for a lot of people is is money and talking about it, getting on the same page and just having better communication and not having it always be a fight and an argument, right? And uh, I'm here to tell you that, you know, in, in my experience over the last six years and working with a lot of people on this subject, uh, there's no exact process that works perfectly for everybody because every relationship is going to be different. Right, uh, so today what we wanted to do was just kind of gather some main points that have really helped us, and you know, as we navigated our way out of debt, you know, my wife and I have been debt free for you know nine plus years now, um, and uh, you know, we've we've learned a lot along the way. We still don't always get it right, and there's going to be some things that I'm going to talk about that still irritate me a little bit when it comes to my wife and, and some of the things that she does. And, and, but over time, it's like, we've, we've began to work through some of those things as I began to understand why those things are happening. Right. And I think it all comes down to this, this word that we're talking about here today is just having better compromise. But I think the number one reason why a lot of couples have disagreements or they don't really have really good compromise in their relationship when it comes to their finances is that for most people, They're not intentionally working on their finances. They're not intentionally having proactive conversations about their finances. And it's really hard to compromise and have good communication when you're constantly stressed about money, when money is constantly something you're, you're almost playing defense all the time about. It's always that next thing that you're waiting for to arrive on your doorstep And it's just not fun, right? And I think this is why most couples tend to ignore it. They ignore the subject. They don't talk about it. Uh, In fact, there's been uh, times in the past where I've taught live classes in front of couples and I've asked them, it's like, how many of you have actually taken a personal finance class or some sort of a marriage finance class before you got married or even while you were married? And hardly anybody, you know, raises their hands,
2: and, and it was even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't offered to me.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And, and well, it should be, it should be like one of the, one of the things right? like, you know, it's amazing to me how it fast or how easy you can get married, but then what the painful process is to get divorced. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there should be more of a gauntlet you have to go through to get married. Things like, Hey, let's talk about money. How is this going to work in our relationship? Right. And, and so, you know, if you're feeling this way, I, I, and the reason why I'm, I'm kind of sharing this is if if you're feeling this way, there's a lot of people who don't know, but you're not alone. By far, you are not alone. If your relationship is struggling with finances, unfortunately and sadly, it's normal. So a lot of people are dealing with it. A lot of people just don't uh, really talk about it. So really the first step to work to get on the same page to have better compromise is meaning that you you don't always have to agree on everything, right? But you have to get on the same page. And the best way to get on the same page is really, I'm going to give you guys a free resource. You go to our website. It's on balancedense.com. I, I gave you guys the link earlier. You go to balancedense.com, click on tools and courses on the top of the menu. And at the very bottom of the page, you're going to see a guide that's called the money conversation guide. All right. And if you haven't had a conversation about money, one of the best ways to have better compromise and better communication is just to figure out where the heck each of you are coming from. And this guide has just 10 simple questions about money. How do you feel about debt? What are some of your goals? Um, You know, who do you think should control the finances? How do you think finances should work? Like, what scares you the most? What makes your panic button go off? It's like all of these things related to money. And the idea is to get the two of you coming together. So that way you guys can have open discussion about the questions having a proactive conversation that's not related to any crisis that's happening right now, like make it a date night, right? And so the best way to have better compromise in a relationship is just to understand where each other's coming from and how you guys both personally feel about money and personal finance.
2: I think though the biggest thing is don't just do this once. Like my husband and I get together quarterly usually because I I do a lot of the, you know, day-to-day stuff, but we'll get together quarterly and be like, I'm like, here, this is what's going on. We need to have a discussion. We, are we, do we still want to go in that direction or do we want to shift a little bit? And we just meet quarterly to make sure. So once you got that established, that first step, don't just stop doing it. Keep going back to it.
0: Yep. I think yeah, that is one mistake that a lot of people make is they have one or two and then they don't really consistently keep doing it. Right. And so, like, for instance, I mentioned, you know, there's some of the things that my wife does that, you know, when it comes to spending money that that just <laughs> drives me crazy and it's to, and it probably always will. Um, is one of the things my wife does, and and she and admittedly, it's probably good that she does this because my kids would have a really boring life if I was in charge of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but she, but she likes to buy like these cheap little in like inexpensive like little like either toys or fun little activities like things that. You know, it's like it's like this cheap plastic junk that really lasts for a short period of time. It ends up breaking and ends up going to the garbage. And when I end up having to throw it in the garbage, I don't see the plastic junk. I see dollars going into the garbage.
2: And you don't see the time valued shared together to play with that activity. I well, I do now because my wife communicated
0: that to me. All (laughs) right. But even today, like it's still something that I have to intentionally remember it wasn't just the couple of dollars. It was the, you know, three hours of bubble making that, you know, my daughter got and then she ended up dropping the thing and it broke, right? And and so for Sarah, like, it's all about the memories. It's the experience, right? That's why I say, if, if it wasn't for my wife, this is where the value comes with having a partner. If it wasn't for my wife. Like, my, my kids would have nothing. Like, what are you going to do today? Play with the dirt, right? <laughs> 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 now that's really extreme, but like, for like, I'm always telling Sarah, it's like, if we're going to buy something, let's just, let's not buy the cheapest version of it. We've talked about that. Well on this podcast. Cause I think there's a lot of money wasted in that. But you know, I tell her, it's like, if we're going to buy a vacuum cleaner, let's like, let's save up a little bit more and buy a nicer vacuum cleaner. That's going to last. That's, that's got some you know nicer features on it instead of always buying and, and, and going towards the cheap stuff all the time. Right. And so for, for Sarah and I, and again, I'm just using this as an example as it comes to compromise, like There's give and take there. There are some things where she's willing to say, yeah, let's save up and buy something a little nicer. And then there are some things where we talk about like things for our kids and their experiences where she's like, to hell with what you think, Brad. (laughs) They're going to get these cheap little toys and they're going to have a lot of fun with them, like glow sticks and all sorts of other things. Um, So again, but even though it still irritates me at times, there's this understanding that I understand that this money is going to get spent. It doesn't drive me nearly as crazy as it used to. But again, it all comes with having that communication and that compromise going back and forth. Yeah,
1: I think getting on the same page too. When 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 I got married, when my wife and I got married, it was um, you know, it's kind of like talked about like, okay, you're gonna do the bills and you're gonna have, you're gonna do the money. I'll cut the grass. You know, we kind of divvied up. We kind of treated money and finance kind of like as just one of the chores that needs to be done, like paying bills and finance as a chore. And I'm just a big believer that it really shouldn't be divvied up like that. It shouldn't be one person's responsibility to pay all the bills, balance the checkbook, and the other person just doesn't pay any attention. Just let me know what it is. Let me know, you know, you nearly need to be involved in both of you kind of at the table, um, kind of having that discussion. I mean, once we started doing that, because I mean, my wife, when things were going good at the beginning of our marriage and we, we weren't in debt, um, she did it. We never argued about it. But as things got worse and we started getting ourselves into a lot of debt, suddenly I found myself doing it because she was so stressed out. She didn't want to do it anymore. It's not fun managing bills when you don't have any money to manage those bills with. Yep. Um, and so once I started taking it, it was like, holy cow, I really understood why she hated doing it. So, you know, once we started coming to the table together, it was just a huge improvement in the discussions that we could start talking about it rather than she handles it. I'm mad because there's not enough in there and we're just fighting back and forth, but we're not on the same page.
0: Yeah, and I think, well, when, especially when you talk about this word, you know, this compromising, you know, if you have in a situation like you did describe, where you have one person who's responsible and the other person's just kind of like, well, just tell me what I do or how much money I get and I don't have to worry about it. It's really hard for that person who is basically saying it's on your shoulders to really have any compromising. What I tend to find is that that person plays what I like to call as the child role, that the child who isn't responsible for the finances and really just kind of gets their spending money and just does whatever usually is the one kind of, you know, pounding their feet and, and kicking and screaming when they don't get their way when it comes to the finances, because, again, they don't have their hands in it. They don't understand what's going on. And. There's no real compromise in it. They get mad. They get frustrated. And then there's a money fight, right? Whereas opposed to like, even if it was a situation, because there are a lot of couples who are like, I like to do the budget. I like to put the numbers in. I'm a numbers person. I like to get it all organized. I don't mind implementing and paying the bills online and doing all that stuff. That's fine. I think having someone be the, pl- the implementer of the plan, I think is totally fine. But you need to have the, like in agreement with you, Ryan, I think you do need to have the other person involved from a responsibility of. We're going to work through the stress part of this together, right? Um, And we're going to talk through it. What are some options? What are some things that we can consider? Because if that one person is not involved, it's really hard to have any sort of compromise going back and forth because it's just up to the other person. And that's not fair one way or the other. It's also not fair because I have heard this too, where the one person just says, I'm doing it and I'm in total control leaving the other person out, even though they do want to help because I have seen that control issue as well, right? So- I mean in order to have any sort of compromising and to have that better communication you know you've got to be having somewhat of a of a working agreement together on a regular what it, whether you meet weekly or monthly when you do your budget it, there's got to be something there if you guys want to stop the money fights or the disagreements or one person's being say more selfish than the other so the the next area that I think is important when it comes to having better compromise in your relationship is, is kind of going back to this money conversation guide that I mentioned in this resources. And a big part of that is really determining, you know, what it is that you guys want out of your relationship as far as money related and what you guys want individually. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it. I mean, Ryan, I think a couple episodes, you mentioned it, like you'll buy, you'll buy stuff that, you know, your wife doesn't really quite understand, but okay. Right. <laughs> and, and same for me. Like I love Lego. And, you know, uh, my, my wife doesn't really get it. Like she gets that. I enjoy it. And she, you know, she even buys Lego for me, which I think is totally cool. Um, but it's like not really her thing. Right. But she has her things and I have my things and we have those things and we have those things without argument, without fighting, uh, because the two of us are communicating regularly. And not only are we reaching our couple financial goals, but we're also reaching, some of the individuals that we have as well. And so I think having those set, like, what is it that you guys want? And I think a lot of mis- you know disagreements and a lot of fights come from just a, a lack of direction. And, you know, a lot of spending is done on emotion, impulsiveness. And when the money's not there and the other one's spending it right, things get pretty heated pretty quickly. So sitting down and having that regular communication about your goals for the month, what did the two of you want? What are you spending money on? What do I want to spend money on? What are we spending money on? What are we saving for? I think, it, I think it cuts down on a lot of that miscommunication that can happen. The other thing too is is being willing to try some new things. It's amazing to me how many couples stay stuck with their miscommunication and not willing to compromise, but they're also not willing to like do anything different, you know? And it's it's what we tend to find is that like, we'll have someone find this podcast or find our website or, and I'll get an email and they'll Brad. Yeah. You know, I've been listening to you guys. The stuff that you guys talk about is so right on. Like, I really want to do this, but my spouse or partner is just like, we're not doing that. Like, I don't want, I don't need someone telling me how to manage my money. I we don't need to have a budget. I, I don't want to change my ways and say no to certain things. Right? Like I am not interested in that at all. Right? So if you want better compromise and this goes for, for, both parties is that the two of you have to be willing to try some new things. They have to be open to new ideas. Uh, Otherwise you get stuck in just this rut and there's no way out and things just get progressively uh, worse.
1: No, I would say like for, for, I was going back to like when we're, you know, we focused on our, on us as a couple first, just because it was easier. Cause like we had goals of like where we want to live, where we want to retire, what do we want? Like, what do we want retirement to look like? You know, those kind of big picture, like together goals. And I think when we did that, um, it was easier then to then say, okay, now that we're doing this, what do we have left from that? And then we can talk individual. Because I think for me, the beginning, especially when we were in debt, it was I, you know, we were just focused on the FOMO, the YOLO, the living in in the here and now, and it was easy just to get caught up in I want a car. I want, you know, these short term little things that you think are going to make you happy. But once we started focusing on the bigger picture, it was easy for us to then take a step back and say, okay, we're going to save for all this. It means we only have then this for individual. And it was then easier to then have that conversation. Okay. Then I like what I call is my stupid money. I only get this for my stupid money because otherwise it would have been, I would have been arguing to try to get way more stupid money, you know, because we, we weren't thinking about the long term. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, that also comes down to when it comes to compromises, being willing to lose some battles to win the overall war. It's I I see this happen all the time, especially for the person who's really excited to, you know, pay down debt, really take control of their finances. What they what they typically will do, sadly, is they will self-sabotage the plan by really suffocating the other partner. Right. And, And the other partner is kind of like okay, we'll try this, but they're really not as excited as the other person quite yet. Right. And all of a sudden they're like, they get the budget out and there's like, there's hardly any money that they're using to go out to eat. Or there's, there's hardly any spending money in there. There's hardly any money for the other partner for what they like to do. And all of a sudden they're like, they don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, well, what is their reason? Well, they say they can't spend money on X or X. It's like, well, did you put any money in the budget for X or X? Well, no, because we have to build our emergency fund and we got to get out of debt. <laughs> well, yes, but at the same time, you can't completely suffocate what they're used to. So what I suggest is lose the battle and not all the battles, but some of the battles to win the overall war. Now, where this rule doesn't necessarily always work is if you're behind. Right. If, if you don't have enough money to meet all your bills, then that's a different conversation. Like, if we're talking about, I, I want to eat out, but yet we're not able to pay our electric bill, like, <laughs> listen, you ain't eating out, right? You got to get yourself caught back up, right? But if this is a situation where you have a little extra money each month to be able to, you know, go out to eat or have the extra things that that person wants or that you want. Those things are okay, just in moderation, as long as you're also being able to reach other goals like building emergency funds, paying down debt. But, you know, again, I think coming to the table and being willing to say, "Okay, yes, you can have whatever money that is that you would like this month if it allows them to work the plan that much more. And I find a lot more people buy in that way and get a lot more excited as the months go on, because not only are they making progress with building their emergency fund and paying down debt, but they also realize, heck, I haven't really had to cut everything out of my life to really help this and and make this go.
2: This was the saving grace for us. Like the saving grace. We, you know, at first we're like, really, we were strict and we were on the same page and we were ready to go. And we're super strict. (laughs) After a few months, we were like, this isn't fun. <laughs> we, were, we were almost, we were almost done. We we're like, I don't know. And, and then we finally gave ourselves permission to throw some fun into our budget and not pay down as much debt as quickly as we wanted to and go on a vacation. And it was okay. Yep. And I think that's what, that's what sustained us. And that's what kept us going up until this day to stay out of debt
0: Yeah. is
2: well, we, we allowed a little bit of extra, a little bit of the stuff we like to do.
0: Right. And I think, well, and I think where you have a partner that's really excited to do this and one that's not is, is there's that mentality of, well, I'm not gonna be able to do anything fun because it's that diet, mm-hmm. right? It's that, it's that crazy cut out everything diet that, and I don't want anything to do with that. Right. But that is the misconception. It does not have to be like that. Again, for most people, it, you know, everyone's situation is a little bit different, but uh, we, I, I agree, I, Amber, I was the same way. You know, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made in getting out of debt was I limited myself as well. And then I would self-sabotage because I would limit myself so much. I'd go on these spending sprees, go out to eat, buy stuff that I wasn't in the budget. And here I am I'm like, why am I doing this? And it's like, well, you're not giving yourself any leeway or any or any fun to do those things along the way. And, and you're just wearing yourself out. So you're, you're sabotaging your progress anyway. So rather than do that and feel guilty about it, let's just put that in the budget and the plan and talk through it. And that way each of the partners gets what they want. Hey, if you love hey. planners, this is for you. But you know why planners frustrate me though? Because they only get it half right. Now sure, they're really fancy at helping you manage your time, which is really important. But where they get it wrong is money. Most planners don't include any financial planning. Things like keeping track of paydays, bills and due dates, spending, yearly expenses, budgets, cash flow planning, debt elimination plans, goal planning. And that's a real pain. Then you've got to go and create your own. And who's got time for all of that? So instead, what happens? Nothing. We ignore our finances even more and things only get worse. Well, that all ends right now, today. I am so excited to announce the release of our brand new, totally awesome Debt Freedom Planner. Now, before you say, Brad, I've already got a planner. Well, this is not your ordinary day planner. This Debt Freedom Planner is a companion tool that works with your day planner to help you save more money pay off more debt and melt away financial stress. This is literally the tool that we've all been waiting for that works with your planner to help you take control of your money. So head on over to the TheRealDebtFreeDad.com. Click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu to get all the details to order your very own Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey, hey, what's up? All right. All right. That's how it means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we're kicking it off with Carol Hernandez. This is awesome. Quit smoking four days without one, including an unexpected three hour road trip. Carol, that is impressive. Congratulations to you. We've had so many people quit smoking as they work their way out of debt. And uh, that's so cool. Good for you.
2: I'm at Marie Frazier. I'm sticking to my budget. Only used debit card cash to buy things, no more credit cards. I'm done with debt, and will be debt-free one day. I'm committed to this. That's for sure.
0: That is awesome. Yvette, congratulations. What a mindset change too. That's incredible.
1: Uh, Mandy Johnson, it's taken me some time to get here. I used to have a bad behavior. I would buy something to make myself happy, which didn't end up making me happy in the end. Now I get excited to check my banking and see that my savings are now higher than the debt I owe. So I check it often to remind myself of that when I think
0: of, of wanting something. Turns out I don't want things that badly. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and being able to recognize that, you know, buying things just to make yourself happy, but really didn't do it. Uh, That's all about that whole mindset change and that journey. That's so, so cool. Uh, Jill Fickinger-Brown, calorie counting. I love this one. Nothing stops you from ordering takeout, like counting the calories. (laughs) (laughs) So true, right? It's all about tracking, right? We talk about that with even getting out of debt. That's awesome, Jill.
2: Jennifer Cormier, looking at my calendar, being more prepared, doing my 15 minutes every day.
0: Awesome, Jennifer. Congratulations to you. Consistency.
1: Uh, And Nancy... (laughs) I won't lie. It has been a struggle not using credit cards, even when I really want something.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Well, how, long, how long did it take you guys to curb your that habit of using credit cards for things that you couldn't afford?
2: Mine were maxed out, so I couldn't use them. So,
0: Oh, yeah. So it's forced. forced <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad <laughs> yeah. thing, right?
2: I was like, they're maxed out. That's security for me. Nobody can use it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It took, it took me a, it probably took me a good year, maybe two years to kind of finally get out of that, to get out of that. But man, I, I want to say, man, it's been 10, probably 12 years now since I've even used a credit card, which is crazy. I never even thought about that. Um, but it does take time. It does take time to change that. Ryan, what about you? Any, do you know about how long it took?
1: Yeah, I, it, that was a struggle for, for us for a long time. Cause I, you know, time like the balance got lower, it was like, Oh, well, I mean, it's only 200 bucks. I mean, we paid like 2,000 on it. So yeah. <laughs> right. Let's just I put on the credit card. 200, 200 bucks is no big deal. I mean, it's only going to be like four bucks more a month. Who cares? Right. So <laughs> that, that was, that, that was definitely a, a struggle for us. I mean, it, it started to get better once we started making progress, but um, even to this day, I mean, using a credit card is, I mean, we have, we have a credit card and yeah. sometimes when you're out at the store and it's like, I don't have cash I me. It's like, I'll just use my credit card. It's like, Oh no, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Well, congratulations to all of you guys who are working your way to less financial stress and less financial worry. And remember if you're just getting started with the podcast or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, uh, you can go ahead and visit our website at balance or the real and sign up for our free life without payments workshop where we are going to walk you through the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people. You've heard a lot of those stories right here on this podcast, and a lot of them are now kicking financial stress and worry for good. And thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback, and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review. We read every single one of those. And as you guys know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you. And uh, we will see you guys in an upcoming episode. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to the Debt Free Dad podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.